Welcome into a Wear Red Friday edition of the EP Podcast. Remember, everyone deployed, wear red every Friday, and remember our good people and families of the military. I'm Austin Horton. Thanks for joining me each and every day right here on the Zone Sports Network and the vast array of wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, we, we talk about it every day. You get it through Google iTunes, iHeart, TuneIn, the Zone Sports Network app, Spotify, Stitcher, on and on and on. 1280thezone.com slash ep-podcast. Facebook, the EP Podcast Facebook page there. Find me on Twitter at Austin Horton. Email me, austin.horton at 1280thezone.com. Would love to hear from you. We got a lot to talk about today. A ton of first-round NFL draft reaction, and we're going to keep it local I'm going to talk mostly, if not all, about Jordan Love headed to the Green Bay Packers, presumably, presumably rather, to sit behind Aaron Rodgers, similar to how Aaron Rodgers sat behind Brett Favre. Fascinating stuff happening in the great north frozen tundra of Lambeau Field. We'll get into that and so much more. Joe Ingles made some comments this morning to the media about the Utah Jazz and this current situation. And also a controversial moment between a boyfriend and girlfriend at the NFL Draft first round. And some good news for golf fans out there. All that and more on a Friday edition of the EP Podcast. Let's get right into it. Let's get started. Let's go with the NFL Draft first round and let's focus Focus on Jordan Love headed to the Green Bay Packers. I want to say this. Jordan Love, I think, has real potential to be a solid starter in the NFL. And look, I might be a a hater. You might consider me a hater. If Kirk Cousins can carve out the NFL career he has had, I have to believe that Jordan Love can have at least that much success in the NFL. And as much as I don't like Kirk Cousins and think he's uh, mediocre at best, he's made a gazillion dollars playing football for a living, and he, he's a starter in the NFL. If that's Jordan Love's basement, take it. You sign off on it right now. If, or rather, if that's his ceiling, you sign off on it right now. But I think that that, that could be uh, proved to be Jordan Love's basement. So we'll see how this plays out. So I think the Green Bay Packers got a really solid plan at quarterback for the future. I think that Jordan Love is a hard worker. I think he has improved every single season in one way or another. Yeah, he had a lot more interceptions as a junior at Utah State than he did as a sophomore, but he uh, that arm strength was vastly improved from where it already was a rocket before that, and he is so big and so strong and so young still that he has a, a, a huge upside to his game. I think that they found themselves a really good, solid uh, contingency plan when the Aaron Rodgers era ends. But that's where this gets really interesting, is that the Aaron Rodgers era should not be really over, and they're not saying that it is over, but they're definitely putting a timestamp on how much is left in the Aaron Rodgers era, right? Because By drafting uh, Jordan Love in the first round here. Uh, by moving up, I should say, to draft him in the first round. Uh, Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers were in the NFC Championship last season, where, of course, they got trounced by the San Francisco 49ers, who eventually lost to the uh, ch- Chiefs in the Super Bowl. But Green Bay should be building on that, right? They should be, this is one of the arguments, they should be building off of last season with the first round pick, they should be adding something there too to put them in a position to try and close out the Aaron Rodgers era with another Super Bowl before it ends. Not 
a contingency plan at backup quarterback. That's one side of this argument, and and this is why it's so uh, such a fascinating pick. And I'm not. I don't think I'm being locally biased here by saying it's the most interesting moment of the first round uh, in the NFL draft 2020 is, is Jordan Love going to the Green Bay Packers. Because here they see Aaron Rodgers is 36 years old. It's winding down. We only have a good year or two, maybe three left in the tank to try and get that championship uh, uh, checked off one more time. And they draft a backup quarterback, the future plans there uh, behind Aaron Rodgers, rather than giving him a weapon to throw to uh, or... Uh, to, to block for him or what they absolutely needed more of. And this, uh, I got some uh, uh, an infor- some information from my guy, Josh Parcell. They were terrible in rush defense last season. They were 26th in the league. Uh, they gave up, meaning they gave up the sixth most yards per game on the ground to opponents. They needed some help defensively, not offensively, especially not, well, not necessarily offensively, but especially not offensively for a guy that's not going to play for a couple years at, at, at the earliest. That's where the, and Josh Parcell pointed that out that he, cla- he called the Jordan Love pick the worst pick of the first round. I texted him to try and clarify what he meant by that to see if it was because he didn't believe in Jordan Love or if it were for other reasons. And essentially, he said it, it, he, he didn't imply that it was because he didn't believe in Jordan Love. It was that guys like Patrick Queen were available on the board and they need defense uh, rush stoppers rather than a backup quarterback. So he's got a good point there. I still would like to follow up with Josh and see what he does think of Love's capabilities as a uh, quarterback in the NFL when that day comes. But Josh's point is that that day is not now, and the Packers made a pick for the future rather than for the present, which he's absolutely right about. So they needed help defensively. That's where they needed to close the gap on the rest of the NFC. That's where they probably could find a way to get over the hump and try and check off that uh, one more Super Bowl goal for Aaron Rodgers and the Packers at least. Uh, maybe get him a weapon to throw to. Perhaps they would have taken Brandon Ayuk, the wide receiver from uh, Arizona State. But he went uh, the the pick ahead to the 49ers who traded with the Vikings to get Brandon Ayuk there. So you know, you never know. This was maybe Jordan Love was not their first absolute targeted person in the first round. In fact, he couldn't have been. Joe Burrow or or otherwise probably would have been. But when the rest of the 25 picks came into form, they traded up to 26 to make sure they got the next best guy on their rankings, and that was Jordan Love, which is a pick for the future, not the present. Perhaps they had present picks that were already taken. We don't know. Now, and that's where I want to start. General Manager Brian Gutenkunst, I'm sure I'm pronouncing that wrong, uh, of the Green Bay Packers, he was asked about why he took uh, Jordan Love and traded up for Jordan Love with Aaron Rodgers still uh, a few good years left in the Rodgers tank. Here's what he had to say. Yeah, you know what? I haven't I haven't connected uh, with Aaron yet, but you know he's obviously been through this, and um, you know he's a pro, and I think it's um, you know it's certainly this is something that is a, a long term uh, decision. Uh, I think you, when you go through kind of the way things went tonight, you kind of you ran the short term and the long term, and we got the best quarterback in the National Football League, and we plan to have him for a while. Uh, competing for championships so i can understand you know the fan base and people thinking kind of why would you do this at this time but i just think the value of our board and the way it's at um it was the best thing for the green bay packers we're really excited to get jordan here and, and, and get him into our system and to the gm's point uh, a little over a month ago back in the first week of march aaron Rodgers was on a, sh- a radio show and had this to say all but admitting he realized 
they were the likelihood of the Packers taking a quarterback increases year by year. Look, I mean, I, I'm, I'm a realist. I know where you know where we're at uh, as an organization and where I'm at in my career. I still feel like I got a ton of years left playing at a high level. I'm confident enough. I've I've always felt like it doesn't matter who you bring in, they're not going to be able to to beat me out anytime soon. So um, I feel really confident about my abilities and my plays. And then you had reports last night from guys like Ian Rappaport saying that uh, Aaron Rodgers is livid and disgusted that uh, the Packers traded up and took a quarterback in the first round. I'll tell you this much. Aaron Rodgers is a guy that holds a grudge with the best of them. And we joke around all the time here on The Zone that I like to hold grudges. And I, that's for those, a little peek behind the scene, it's not really the truth. Uh, there is a there is a part of me that likes to see those that have wronged me get theirs get their due justice sure but I don't have a list a running list of things of people that I see when they get you know that I want but Aaron Rodgers is that type of guy he is that guy that keeps a list he keeps a record of people who have wronged him and he wants and he can't wait to see them get their karma uh, uh, deliverance come back around so if you expect Aaron Rodgers to coax and coach and groom Jordan Love to replace him, forget about it. Not going to happen. If Jordan Love is expecting Aaron Rodgers to be his friend, not going to happen. Jordan Love is going to have to have a friendship with the quarterback coach, with the offensive coordinator, with the wide receivers, uh, the offensive lineman, the head coach. He's going to have to have a friendship with everybody else but the starting quarterback because he's not going to get it. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is the type of person I would believe that uh, if – he were injured and asked to help Jordan Love. He wouldn't. That's just that's who I think Aaron Rodgers is. So I believe both sides. I believe that Aaron Rodgers absolutely knew and expected that eventually this was going to happen. I also believe that he didn't think it would happen this year. It happened, and now he's mad. The Packers are going to have to deal with that, and that's where the gamble comes in. They gambled on the future here with their present still with a few good years left. It's fascinating. So there you go. GM, Brian Gutenkunst, and uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers. Now one of the most uh, uh, respected NFL voices out there, Adam Schefter. He's got a couple bites here that he had on ESPN's uh, TV show Get Up with Mike Greenberg that I thought were they, he nailed him on the head. Here's what he said first of all. Uh, asked about why the Packers selected Jordan Love, traded up to select Jordan Love at 26th. Ultimately, because they loved him. I'm looking over my pre-draft notes this morning, Greeny, and someone said to me before this draft that that Matt LaFleur, the Packers head coach, would mandate his selection if it got to a certain point in the draft. Now, I don't think that we thought that that point would be in the first round where the Packers would aggressively trade up to go get him. But keep in mind a couple of things here. When Brett Favre was 36 years old, entering his age 36 season, that was when the Green Bay Packers drafted Aaron Rodgers in an unexpected way. Aaron Rodgers will be 36 years old this season. He has openly talked about the fact that he's close to the end of his career. He's done it on a few different occasions. I think the Green Bay Packers have heard those words and they saw a quarterback that they loved and they decided to pursue that quarterback. Good reasons to love a guy, to pick a guy. If you love him, if you feel that strongly about him and his future, you go and you get him. However, it is interesting, isn't it, Adam Schefter, how this whole timeline lines up with Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, and how that all went down. 
Here's what Adam Schefter had to say about that whole thing. It's also interesting. This is a page from the Kansas City Chiefs playbook. This is exactly what the Chiefs did with a quarterback that was drafted in the same draft class as Aaron Rodgers. They did it to Alex Smith taking Patrick Mahomes, giving him time to learn for one year under Smith, and then going ahead and giving him the job. Now, again, Aaron Rodgers is further along in his career, more accomplished than Alex Smith, as great as Alex Smith has been. But the Green Bay Packers have put Aaron Rodgers on the clock, and the clock is now running. Interesting indeed. Aaron Rodgers is a little bit older, actually, but about the same age as Brett Favre was when Aaron Rodgers replaced him. Brett Favre spent, oh, how many seasons as the starter at, in Green Bay? 16 years Brett Favre was the starting quarterback in Green Bay from the age of 23 to 38 when they put Aaron Rodgers in and Brett Favre moved on to the New York Jets and later the Minnesota Vikings. So 16 years as the starting quarterback in Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers just completed his 12th season as the starter in Green Bay. He started two years later than Brett Favre did. Uh, he's been he's been there uh, the starter since the age of 25. He's now 36. Will turn 37 during the NFL season uh, or the planned and the scheduled NFL season. So essentially, on the same exact path as Aaron Rod- or Brett Favre was when the Packers took Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. Then that's why you see why he w- would admit that yeah he could see this coming. Doesn't mean he has to like it though. It's just fascinating that it lines up almost exactly the same. To the it's right down to the date 15 years later. By the way, April 23rd, 2005. I want to say is when the Green Bay Packers took Aaron Rodgers with the uh, the the pick that they did to sit behind Brett Favre. 15 years later to the day, yeah, April 23rd, 2020, they take Brett Favre, or uh, rather Aaron Rodgers' presumed replacement, Jordan Love, in the first round. Fascinating. All right couple more bites here from Adam Schefter. Schefter then uh, went on uh, to talk about uh, what what, the, what are the plans then? They've ta- they love Jordan Love so much that they took him in the first round. It lines up with the same kind of timeline as Brett Favre being replaced by Aaron Rodgers. What does the replacement timeline or plans look like for the Green Bay Packers in regards to Jordan Love? Basically, their plans for Aaron Rodgers, they can take their time grooming Jordan Love. He's 21 years old. They don't have to rush him along. They will want to have Aaron Rodgers going along, playing for the next couple of years. We don't know how long it is, but he's got four years left in his contract. And so if you see a quarterback that you love in Jordan Love, which they did, you go pick him and you have a quarterback asset in the event that Aaron Rodgers decides to walk away and call it a career in the event that Jordan Love develops in the way that they want him to. There's no rush right now. It may take a year. It may take two years. It may take three years. It may take four years. It may not happen at all. But they identified an asset in Jordan Love. And quarterbacks are currency. And the Packers drafted currency last night. And then here's the kicker. Here's what we were talking about earlier to start this whole thing. The Packers were in the NFC Championship last season. They were a couple touchdowns away from going to the Super Bowl. They were really a couple defensive stops away from being more competitive in that game to begin with and giving them a shot, themselves a chance to go to the Super Bowl. Why not draft something now 
that keeps that championship window a little more open, more strongly open with Aaron Rodgers. Here's what Adam Schefter had to say about that. Well, that is the whole argument, and that's what makes it surprising and interesting and something in which Aaron Rodgers cannot be pleased. We saw his former head coach go to Dallas, and in his first year as a head coach there, the Dallas Cowboys, who don't even need it, give him arguably the top wide receiver in this draft in C.D. Lamb. Aaron Rodgers is watching Mike McCarthy get C.D. Lamb. He watches himself get a backup quarterback to be his successor. That's not what he wanted. The Packers haven't used a first-round pick on a skilled offensive positional player in 15 years. The last time they had done it was 2005 for a quarterback. They've never given him a running back in the first round. They've never given him a wide receiver in the first round. They've never given him a tight end in the first round. You would have thought this would have been the time in a draft that's loaded with wide receivers. And instead, they trade up and take his successor. And that's why this pick is going to generate as much conversation as it will over the coming days and weeks. It's the most interesting first-round pick in the NFL draft, and it just so happens to involve our guy locally here, Jordan Love from Utah State. Really, really interested to keep an eye on what goes down in Green Bay. I would venture a guess that uh, in the next uh, three seasons from now, Green Bay Packers' starting quarterback will be Jordan Love. Aaron Rodgers will still be a starting quarterback, just not for the Green Bay Packers. That's just my absolute way too soon to be doing so, but a guess from me uh, on Jordan Love and his future with the Packers. All right, from uh, the, we've got some other, more news and notes we got to talk about from the NFL draft. All right, next up, Joe Ingles had a uh, media press conference this morning via Zoom with the Jazz beat writers and reporters. He was also on the DJ and PK show yesterday, or rather the Joe Ingles show with DJ and PK. I wanted to share a few comments he had about his confidence that the NBA season will be able to resume and finish, and if so, if it were in like a bubble city situation, what his thoughts are on that. I'm also going to throw in a couple of news and notes from some of our NBA uh, insiders on the big show that we've heard from this week. But first of all, Here's Joe Ingles asked by uh, the Tribune's Eric Walden what his confidence level is at uh, right now, where his confidence level is at right now, that the NBA season will resume and finish. Uh, good question. It's um, I think originally, like my original, like when we were in OKC, we'll, I, I assumed like oh, we'll, be, we'll be in this like two-week quarantine and then we'll we'll be back. Like it'll be two or three weeks and we'll be back playing. Obviously that was um, very early on and, and I probably didn't know as much as obviously we all do now with the, the whole thing that's going on. But um, honestly, uh, my personal opinion is every week that like it goes, like every week we go along, it, it feels like it's a, a less and less chance that we're, we're going to. Um, obviously for the fans and for the players and, and everyone and you guys who a lot of our jobs are is this rely on it we all hope it does go back um although i'm not doing another media availability if the season does go back so this is my last one for the year if we do go back um but yeah i, I mean obviously i like i mean i would love to go back and play too i'm i'm also on the flip side don't know if i'm ready to like risk catching it and giving it to my family potentially and my kids especially obviously with, with miller and, and especially with jacob and um, so all the scenarios that have been like kind of thrown out on, on the internet about going somewhere or whatever, if it happens, obviously we'll have to debate it at the time. But my, my personal 
feel is I, I just, I don't know. We, what are we coming up? We're coming up to like two months now, right? Or been up or whatever. I don't know how long we've been out for, but it's been a long time. And usually the only break like this we get is in the off season. So it's, it's going to be hard to come back and, and I guess like re-engage into what we were doing. Well, we had like 15 games left. So it's, it's a weird situation. So not only is Joe Ingles concerned uh, that the more time passes, the less and less likely it is the NBA will resume its season. He wonders how much the NBA season will change, especially just, well, specifically from a jazz standpoint, how different will the team be compared to where they were when this thing uh, took its hiatus in the first place? Now there's Joe Ingles' thoughts. Real quick, I wanted to play back-to-back sound bites here because last Friday, Adam Silver had a conference call with NBA reporters uh, whereon he had a, the main doctor that's been working with the league in, in its projections on when it will be safe to return to play. And that doctor more or less said, it ain't safe. It's, there's still a long way to go before you're safe to resume playing basketball. That sent a wave of pessimism through the NBA and, and about whether or not it's going to resume and be able to finish the season out. Chris Mannix hopped on the Big Show on Monday from Sports Illustrated and had this to say about the situation. Chris Mannix with us. We were on that conference call with Adam Silver. What do you think was the biggest story to come out of that conversation? Silver laid it out pretty clear what needs to happen for the NBA to resume. Widespread testing, a turning of the corner nationally, and none of those things exist right now. Look, we can all be hopeful that things will change more significantly in the next month, and maybe it will, but they're still at the point where they're not really seriously entertaining the idea of playing in a bubble or playing in Las Vegas or things like that. They're getting pitched all the time, but because of the circumstances, they're just not able to do it. So I came away from that call not feeling optimistic at all about the NBA's chances of resuming a season. Mannix, just like uh, Ingles, uh, based on that phone call with Silver last week, not feeling too great that this NBA season is going to resume and finish. Sam Amick, who joins the Big Show on Thursdays, wrote last Thursday, a day ahead of that phone call, that he was hearing optimism that the season was going to return and, and resume and finish out. Then that phone call took place Friday, so the Big Show asked him yesterday on Thursday, has he changed his tune? Has he has that evolved? How has that evolved since then? And here's what he had to say. Sam Amick from The Athletic. Last week, you were a little optimistic about finishing out this season. A lot of water has gone under the bridge since then. How has your opinion evolved? We had heard some chatter that maybe some of that optimism had been dimmed because the experts in the room drilled down the reality of the situation. And so I was a little surprised this week that when I followed up with some of the same folks who had shared optimism going in, they actually did not feel any differently. Still hard to kind of reconcile that because testing issues remain. But nonetheless, there still seems to be a real sense in some NBA circles, they'll find a way to salvage the season. So whichever board of governor uh, or governors that Sam Amick spoke to was or were, they are optimistic. It sounds like they're in the minority right now, though. Sounds like the majority believe this thing is not going to be able to finish. My personal feeling, just a guess, just an absolute bald-faced, uneducated, uh, water cooler guess and, and uh, uh, con- conjecture here from me, speculation rather. I think the NBA will finish this season. I don't think it will be the entire rest of the regular season that was left, and I don't think it'll be a full plate of playoffs, but I do think they'll put a cap somehow, some way on the 1920 NBA season. That will then also have implications on how much of a f- close to full season they'll have next year. Because what, what the projections are, are currently is that we're going to have a sl- not a slower, but a better 
a better situation with COVID during the summer months. Then respiratory illnesses roll back around every fall and winter, and this is definitely one of the biggest, if not the biggest, uh, respiratory illnesses to have right now, and that's going to pop back up. That's when basketball typically resumes. So that's why I'm guessing, complete guess, that someplace, somewhere between July and September, the NBA will finish this season somehow, some way, in some shape or form. Then I don't think that they'll begin the following season until mm, probably January or March somewhere of 21. That would be a shortened half of an NBA season. So both this year and next year, I think they're going to have asterisks on them, essentially is what I'm getting at. Uh, but I do feel that there will be an NBA champion for the 1920 season, and there will be an NBA champion for the 2021 season, both, however, with asterisks next to them, just like the the uh, lockout shortened years when someone wins an NBA championship. So there you go. That There's that comment from Joe Ingles and, and others. And then also this from Joe. He was asked by Aaron Falk of utahjazz.com how he feels about the idea or prospect of playing in a bubble city or an isolated situation with like the, the scenario of like going somewhere and being alone i mentioned just how hard it is to work out you know leave your kids to work out how difficult would that be to go for i don't know six weeks two months whatever it would be um it would be extremely hard it would it would be the well it would be like the basically the longest i've been away from the kids, which uh, I don't know how much I'm willing to do that as much as I love playing basketball. Um, I went away. I actually left two days after they were born for six weeks for the Olympics. Um, so we had them on Wednesday or something and I left Friday for six weeks and left Friday with brand new twins. And that was the longest, obviously, up until kind of this scenario that's getting thrown around um, that I would have left them for and, Back then, obviously, probably as hard as it was, it was easier because they were just like eating and pooping and that was it. And they sleep, eat and poop and that was the, the 24 hours a day. And now that they're, they've got personalities, they know when I'm leaving, they tell me they miss me, the stuff like that, that that's, makes it a lot harder to, 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 to leave. Um, even just leaving to go to the supermarket, it's like they, they cry and they don't want you to leave and stuff. So... Um, two or three months without them would be borderline impossible for me. Um, but obviously we'll, we'll wait till a decision is made and then um, obviously kind of go from there, see, see what the best way of working around it is or if there's a way I could see them or um, I don't want to just see them over FaceTime for three months or something like that. So um, we'll have to see, see what happens. Joe Ingles, like many professional athletes who have spoken out on this matter so far, not too keen on the idea of a bubble city or isolated area for games and and the season to resume and finish. I honestly, the more and more days that go past us, I don't see that happening anyway. I think it will more likely be an empty stadium. It will not be every stadium uh, around the NBA. I think they'll pick, you know, six to eight. Uh, because I, I think what's actually going to happen is that uh, assumed uh, shortened finish to the season I mentioned earlier, I think you're going to have a, uh, a two-week kind of ramp up to the playoffs where you're going to have exhibitions that don't count against the regular season record. I think the regular season records are done, by the way. Where they stand, I think that's how it's going to finish. You're going to have a four-team each conference playoff, so like a semifinals, 
So eight total teams, uh, and, and then uh, you go from there. And I think they'll just pick, you know, four to six NBA cities to play that in, if not less. So we'll see how that how that goes. So, in fact, it would definitely be less. They'll probably pick uh, two or four at the most. Anyway, these are all guesses that I have. Just thoughts floating around in my empty, rock-filled brain. There you go. Joe Ingles talking this morning uh, about the Utah Jazz and the current situation. All right, there was a moment in the NFL draft last night when the Dallas Cowboys picked C.D. Lamb, former Oklahoma superstar wide receiver with the 17th overall pick. Uh, He was the top receiver on on a lot of experts' boards. Uh, He did slip past, uh, who was it, Ruggs III and uh, Jerry Judy, selected 13th and 15th. Uh, But it's still a great pick for the Dallas Cowboys I think he'll work well with Dak Prescott. He's a big, tall, physical receiver. Reminds me a lot of Calvin Johnson, honestly. Not quite as uh, dominant or, or a demonstrative or whatever. You know, He's not the monster that Calvin Johnson was, but he's similar. Well, as he's sitting there getting the pick, he's, on the, he's got headphones on his head. They're pushed forward. He's got a phone to his right ear and a phone in his left hand, and his girlfriend is on his left-hand side in the couch. Well, he's on the phone with the phone to his right ear, she reaches out and grabs the phone out of his left hand, to which he grabs it right back from her. She looks at him like, what? And he just, without looking at her, shakes his head back and forth. And she handles herself well in this situation. A lot of grace uh, and, and, and a lot of display of respect and love coming from her. Thought C.D. Lamb did not handle the situation all that well, so much so that people thought, oh, he's not wanting her to see his girlfriend, his other girlfriend or whatever, his uh, the, the person that isn't her, the other, that, come on, that's, that's a cute, funny joke, haha, gross thing to talk about and think about. I don't think that this is the case. In fact, I believe his girlfriend, Crimson Rose, who then tweeted out that his agent was FaceTiming him while he was on the phone with the Cowboys and she was doing the girlfriend thing going to answer it for him. So he's got the Cowboys on his right ear calling him to say we're taking you with the 17th overall pick. Meanwhile, on in his left hand, his agent is calling that phone to FaceTime him, probably to say, hey, the Cowboys are going to take it, or to say, or to just watch him get picked, whatever. And she, seeing that he's on the phone with his right hand, in his right hand, thinks, oh, I'll do the nice thing and answer as the agent's calling. And he just, you know, didn't, he wanted to do it all on his own, I guess, whatever. So she, with that explanation, maybe I'm naive, maybe I'm Pollyannish, maybe I'm uh, all for love winning the day. I actually believe her. I actually think that that's exactly what happened. But it does kind of appear, and optics is nine-tenths the rule when it comes to public opinion, it appears that he was trying to keep her from seeing what was happening on the other phone. That's how it appears. I don't think that's what was going on. But hey, we're all bored and need something to talk about, so why not make stuff up and blow it out of proportion, please. All right, and then finally this. Great news for those golf fans out there. Uh, We've got a situation brewing where you remember when Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson played against one-on-one against each other. uh, You know, it went late into the night. There was all kinds of pay-per-view problems that ended up being free to everybody. Well, Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson have come to an agreement in principle that they're going to do it again, and this time it will include Tom Brady and Peyton Manning as well. 
they don't have the details of when, where, how much is on the line, what the rules are going to be on and on and on and on and on yet. But it will be for COVID-19 relief. Tiger Woods versus Phil Mickelson, Tom Brady versus Peyton Manning. That's the initial thought of how this thing will go down. And that's great news. It'll be great TV. Tom Brady hops on Twitter, by the way, and have some fun at, at everyone's expense. He's got uh, four guys on the golf course standing on the green it's two dads with their two kids taking a picture and he has superimposed phil mickelson and his face over the dad's bodies with peyton manning and uh tiger woods over the kids bodies which i guess actually this would imply that it's going to be phil and tom versus peyton and tiger anyway it's pretty funny and tom brady with the caption said never had much of a hard time beating the colts or a tiger don't see this time being much different ha 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 Nevertheless, it's going to be fun. It's going to be must-watch TV, and I cannot wait for this to happen. Thank goodness I'm not much of a watch golf on TV guy, but I'm going to be watching every second of that thing when it goes down. You can guarantee it. That's it for a Wear Red Friday edition of the EP Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Austin Horton. You guys all have a great weekend. Have a wonderful finish to the NFL Draft. Find ways to still interact and connect with your friends, family, and loved ones responsibly during this time we are still to be socially distancing ourselves but that does not mean that you need to be in complete isolation you don't need to feel like you're in the shoe at Shawshank you you know you're not in the hole you've got if you've got a phone you can connect with somebody do it if you've whatever you've got even a flip phone give someone a call I don't make sure that you're taking care of yourself mentally as well as physically at this time please 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 I love you. I respect you. I thank you so much for tuning in. Have a great weekend. And until Monday, be good to each other. Time now for the laugh of the day. (laughs) This is a page from the Kansas City Chiefs playbook. This is exactly what the Chiefs did with a quarterback that was drafted in the same draft class as Aaron Rodgers. They did it to Alex Smith taking Patrick Mahomes, giving him time to learn for one year under Smith, and then going ahead and giving him the job. Now, again, Aaron Rodgers is further along in his career, more accomplished than Alex Smith, as great as Alex Smith has been. But the Green Bay Packers have put Aaron Rodgers on the clock, and the clock is now running. Absolutely. So what, how, what now should we explain to our audience what the Packers' plans for Aaron Rodgers are going forward? Well, we got dogs in the background barking here, Greeny. I apologize about that. It's okay. The plans going forward here is essentially a situation. Hold on. Hey, can you please shut my door? (laughs) This is unbelievable. This is the way of the world right now. What are we going to do? Basically, their plans for Aaron Rodgers, they can take their time grooming Jordan Love.